One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central. Only on PBS. Handready and there will be no encore and I'm not really happy with that start actually that wasn't great of me uh, let's just do it again forget it okay H- hello my name is uh I'm just not getting it hang on uh, Eve uh sorry I know this is really unorthodox but could you just start the intro music again please and I'll I promise I'll get it right this time thanks Well, well, well. <laughs> Look who came crawling back. What's up, fellas? Reunited and it feels so good. How's it been? How's it been, man? It's been great. We should clarify. It's been great. So much. <laughs> this is a one night only uh, guest appearance, by the yeah. way. I, I, you know, I, like, no, it's been good. I've been really busy, but uh, obviously I miss my boys. Yeah. Like, uh, it's great to be back. 
Obviously, great to have you back. Uh, it's, it's great to have you back. It's, it's also it's been really weird because obviously I've been listening all yeah. year long, <laughs> I have, so. and, and because I've been part of this show for so long, I've kind of just like felt like getting involved. So like you know when Dave used to miss a week and like review the album that he missed. Yeah. yeah. Do you mind if I just go back through a couple of episodes here? <laughs> okay. Because go for it, yeah. um, podcast one forty seven. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, like I get. Fanula's point about Maggie Rogers not really <laughs> establishing herself on this album. Cullum, uh, I feel, I, I don't think this is... <laughs> I need this, yeah, go on, go ahead. Retro- the whole thing about the fire documentaries, right, <laughs> is that like, there's just something kind of meta about two hugely ethically flawed things You don't get to do this, no. Skanger Bay. He's hitting all the major points of the year, <laughs> yeah, I feel. That's, that's covered. just a yeah. review of the year so far, in my eyes. Three <laughs> observations from many there was, shows. <laughs> there was stuff about a hose you're in here um, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking at your phone there I can see like a literal pages of notes of stuff like, yeah we incredible. could go I'm studying for your end of year <laughs> quiz a bit like Zara Hederman used to do fair enough okay look if you got one more in you before we keep going by all means because you, you have there is actual copious amounts of notes on, on the screen I, I don't yeah. want to stamp all this is a friendly forum you know, it's a safe space for friends <laughs> yeah uh, I, I, also that Seagrid's album uh, as you guys I think agreed uh, is this joyous masterpiece. Yeah, that was definitely one for you. But also kind of under-delivers as well. Oh. Yeah, that's fair. So let's talk about delivery. Let's talk about um, committing to a project and seeing <laughs> it through, <laughs> shall we? Because you are here for a special reason this week, Cole. I am, yeah. I kind of um, had to, you're gonna had assist, to make an appearance. You're going to assist with something. So last week on the show, um, uh, we alluded to a secret project that was in the works. And for anyone who like follows me on social media may have figured it out <laughs> for, the, may, may have figured for it those out. who haven't sit back and enjoy it's day five it's sunday morning it's mother's day in about i think six hours or so i'm gonna meet cullum and he's gonna be my date for the last one of this i think this is the stupidest idea i've ever had in my entire life so i need more than one drink to so fucking tired like i'm so tired jesus christ this is so stupid <laughs> why am i doing that why Five nights, free arena Dublin. Picture this, live for five nights from March 27th to 31st. Tickets on sale now. I've never been to five gigs in a row in my life. I've never, I think I've seen the National five times over the course of about five or six years. You know, this is just ridiculous. I'm waking up this morning and I genuinely have a medley of picture this songs in my brain bouncing around it and I can't get them out and it just kind of hit me that that's probably going to be there for a little while I, I, I tried walking to 
the shower there and I just kind of forgot where I was and my legs feel like lead. I have to go again for the fifth night in a row and I think I'm actually broken at this point. I I think something in me is broken. If I could go back and stop this from happening, I would go back and stop this from happening. I think I'm broken. Dave Hanratty, out. Plug me out and plug me back in and I'll start working. Reset my emotions and make me open. That sounds a lot like taking my hand out of the chat. Shall we put a tip of my hand before we leave then, will we? Have you had a good night tonight? Ben, I don't want to leave the fucking stage. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> I did it. I went to all five nights. Oh, picture this in the three arena. Jesus fucking Christ. I can't believe it's over. It felt yeah, like this yeah. thing hanging over us yeah, all yeah, for yeah, so yeah. long. It had been building up for so, so long. Like this idea came up like how long ago? Like it was pretty much ago. when they were announced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, well, there was a day in February where Dave kind of sent us a picture of his approval for the for the guest passes or whatever and he was like can't believe you're not reacting to this and it's like dave we've been discussing it for months (laughs) yeah i was to be to my credit i was very to my credit (laughs) i've earned it (laughs) there was a lot of me not talking about it on social media for fear that it would all collapse yeah so okay um i guess where to even begin when the gigs were announced there was like oh yeah the first thing i should say is after you listen to this podcast if you're listening to it post friday Please go to my Twitter account at Henry Dave and go on to Joe.ie and read my 4,300 word Jesus. feature that I have written. <laughs> it's entitled, I went to picture this five nights in a row. <laughs> and I take you through the entire experience in that piece as I'm going to do right now. But there'll definitely be some stuff in that that I won't even remember to put in now. I'm working on that feature as I was kind of going and also uh, all week long. So yeah, it's been a big undertaking. When those gigs were announced back in October... The initial thing was, like, in the office straight away, it was like, Dave, you should get all five gigs. And it was like, oh, great idea. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then we thought about it. And we thought, actually, maybe this could be a really interesting feature. Now, I guess before I throw it to you guys, because I assume there are going to be some questions, even from two people in the room who came with me. Dahi came on one of the nights. I did. Cullum came on the last night. I did indeed. Craig did not come. I left the country for fear I might have to go. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, the timing was actually... <laughs> Quite suspect. Well, like when you were coming in, were you excited going in? Like, were you ready for it? Like, uh, I mean, it's yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I, okay. Well, let, let me let, let me preface this by just saying this. I think an awful lot of people um, expect me and would have expected me to just fucking go to town on these guys and like destroy them. And that was never the goal because ultimately, I think if I did that for four thousand words, one, it's very boring. Yeah, nobody'd be interested. In it. Two, it's gender ridden, and three, I just think that I could do that without going to five fucking gigs in a yeah. row. Yeah, the uh, goal was to destroy yourself. Yes, <laughs> that's what a lot of people kind of missed in this. The goal was to break my own spirit. And let me tell you, mission accomplished. <laughs> On night one, uh, of course, there was some ex- excitement about what I was about to undertake, and that's why I went down early. And was immediately harassed by teenagers. And <laughs> it, you know, it kind of settled in as I went. I, I, yeah, I guess rather than me rambling at length here, let's just go around the table, Craig, because you weren't present mm. for any of it. Yeah, hit me. 
Um, I was quite surprised at how little you were seated. So there was a lot of being in amongst it. What was the general vibe and how did you feel just as one of the few grown-ups in the room, I guess? Well, Craig, <laughs> uh, crowd demographic actually was not as young as you might think it was. No, nowhere okay. near it. Oh, really? Yeah. It was really surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It was uh, such a broad range. The thing that People I found that from, should know better, huh? The thing, yeah, the thing that I found from nine, my night was that it was, I didn't hear a single Dublin accent at all. It was like a very broad, okay. like all Ireland type audience and yeah, it was yeah. like buses coming in from Athlone especially and all this kind of crap yeah I should clarify night one I was on my own I had no plus one the ultimate first world problem but I was like that's fair enough because ultimately I probably should go to one of these gigs on my own to just experience from that point of view uh, that was a standing night I wasn't sure if I'd be I asked for a mix of standing and seating Yeah. I also was like uh, when I met with the, the record label who to my internal shock uh, greenlit this whole thing and I don't know what kind of emails I'm going to be getting off them in a few days but we'll find out um, like I phone off from Saturday by the way <laughs> like, don't at me do at me retweet the piece uh, so essentially uh, I will say this I didn't really know. I mean, like, I was like walking up to the ticket booth and being like, "Hello, uh, Dave Handready here." And I, I, I tried to. What like, is my punishment this evening? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to make. I tried to break the ice with like the person behind the glass. Uh, and As I, you do at all gigs. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, remind me about an ice breaking anecdote from today after I get through this segment. Uh, so essentially, I um, was like, "Hey, by the way." I'm going to all five of these. I'm not some crazy super fan. I'm doing it for work. <laughs> and the woman behind the thing looked, regarded me as if... No, sold you completely. Man, she was not impressed at all. There was no humour from this person whatsoever. So I, I was solo on night one, standing. I had Dahi with me on night two, standing. I had Andrea Cleary with me on night three, standing and violently hungover. <laughs> on night four, solo again. And this is when it really kicked in that I was like, I, I'm in despair now. And I went down and I was like, I might just leave after half an hour. And I ended up staying because I had a seating ticket. The miracle oh. happened. Smack bang in the middle of a row. So he couldn't really leave. And then night five, standing once again with my buddy who brought me to Macklemore back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Dave does Macklemore. Cole Marigan. So to answer your question, Craig, I guess uh, in the thick of it, night one, demographic wise, demographic was, was, was wide and hard to pin down. Yeah. I think the only thing I didn't see was like a black person. But he did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Are we going to talk a length about it, or <laughs> will we move on to a question from someone else? Yes. <laughs> uh, question from me. Um, what, Can you say your name before you... Uh, my <laughs> name is uh, Dahi Adroni. Uh, no encore. Um, one of my favourite things... Uh, oh, it's an observation, little, is it? Is that little piece that we, said, we were talking about beforehand was that... Uh, it was basically a voice message that you left me uh, like on the day of night five, basically. And the sound in your voice and you're so knackered and so dead. And like, can you just kind of break that down a little bit more? Because it almost seemed like by the end of the five nights, obviously, like the picture of this, like audio was like running around your head consistently. Can you break down your kind of general physical and emotional <laughs> It's called being really trauma. fucking run down is what it is. Yeah, because I kind of like, I got a bit of a classic cold or flu in the middle of all this, which is not... <laughs> Surprisingly, after the <laughs> night's drinking session. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, like, reading that today. So okay, so like, on night one, and also I seem to have a cold or something. <laughs> on night one, when I was there, I, I had five beers when I was there on night one, and people were like, "That's a lot," but I was like, "I was there for three hours," like because I went for like both support acts, yeah. and you, you'd be surprised how fast you can knock back booze when you're on your fucking own in the three arena. Uh, all sold out every night, by the way. No paper in, no no taped yeah. off areas. It was yeah, it wasn't full, taped off areas. Or anything. Brim, it was full, like yeah. every night full, and yeah. So my 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 physical state started to worsen. I think a couple of days in, <laughs> and I just began to feel. Really really woozy and kind of like 
there was a, there was a weird mechanicalness to it of like you know because you're not really going to work quote unquote work you know like you're going but every day I had to go to the same place and be there for a certain time. And I was on my own stead. I mean, like, legitimately, I probably could have not gone to a couple of And they games. were hilariously punctual as well. The they were brilliantly time. punctual, yeah. They were on at 9pm <laughs> sharp every night and off at half 10 every night, which I really appreciated. There was no fucking around. This show is tightly choreographed within an inch of its life, which it should be. But, like, the scripted elements extend to them talking to each other and saying anecdotes, which I find really, really strange. Do you like Dave's costume, by the way, guys? <laughs> it's suit actually, but here's the thing. I was right? going knife forklift. Knife, yeah, knife forklift. Yeah. So essentially, like I mean, like the whole thing is just like it's a it's a legitimate blur. I mean, I went down on like day two to interview Lewis Capaldi, who remains a very funny interviewee and a sound lad. He was there. He was one of the support acts, and I think he's the, he might be the real story coming out of this because every night he gets this open goal of playing for half an hour to a crowd, a rapidly filling arena who adore him. I heard his name in the queues. I heard his name at the bars. I heard his name when Dagny was playing. I heard his name when Picture This were playing. He's a fucking superstar. Mm. He is going to travel globally. I don't know if they are. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it became, but as for, like, my, yeah, but by Sunday, when you heard me in the clip, that wasn't, like, I didn't sit down and, like, write a script. I didn't, like, be, like, I, I sent Dahi one three-minute-long voice message that he packaged into that wonderfully genius, brilliant thing that you did. And I just sat there and thought, I should probably record my voice to see how I sound it. Because like, that, like, that literally was like... You when sound I, dead like... Dude, I literally like walked out of my bedroom and I thought I was going to collapse. My legs, my legs felt like pure lead and I was like, I feel, I feel destroyed. Uh, you mentioned Lewis Cavalli and like his potential to grow and all the rest of it. And I mean, I agree. It's not my thing, but I can kind of see where there's, you know, a certain level of appeal. Much the same as picture this, in fact. However, like I watched Lewis Capaldi the other night and he was saying like, yeah, you know, like I'm coming back and playing the Olympia and it's sold out. And you're like, well, good for him. But like the fact that picture this is selling 40 times that amount over the five nights in in three arena it's just it's just kind of mind blowing and like one of the reasons why I went along with you apart from the fact that it was going to be funny and that I <laughs> and that I begged you yeah <laughs> but was that like two and a half years ago I, I interviewed them and like as with so many your new Irish fault. bands. All your fault. <laughs> no, but like with so many Irish bands, like you knew like they were starting out, so they weren't going to have like touring stories. They didn't have an album and they hadn't done any other interviews where mm. they're touched on sort of important things that you could dig into. So basically I went into it with the one mission of kind of like trying to figure out like what's going on here? Why are these guys successful? Why is this happening? And honestly, I left none the wiser and I interviewed them again a month later and still that didn't help. Having seen them for five nights... Are you any closer to the answer to that question? I think so, and I must give credit. Uh, first of all, I mean, like, Cullum did interview them for Hot Press, their first ever cover story in 2016, which I drew on quite heavily yeah, in the it's intro. really interesting as well. Yeah, the intro mm-hmm. to my Joe piece contains some excerpts from that, and it genuinely was a quite fascinating interview. It told me all I really needed to know from their, you know, formation and kind of how they approach music, which is in a very... It's a very cynical, strategic way, and like if that's for them, cool, grand. I've no problem with that. If that's what you want to do with your art, that's okay. It's not really something that attracts me, but obviously it works for an awful lot of people. And you talk about the idea of the laws of attraction and all that kind of stuff. And if you book it, they will come. And that's pretty much what's happened with these guys now. Uh, to throw further credit to across the table, Dahi on night two when we were just chatting away and kind of going through all this kind of stuff. First of all, Dahi had a gem of a line in which uh, there was this video wall, right, which kind of announces picture this. It's a big circle and it's really epic and it's like kaleidoscopic visions of like a blur of the album kind of artwork and theme and aesthetic. 
and it's like set to this like very mournful like rising throbbing hum that you two would do also very rock 2003 hollywood heel theme which is amazing <laughs> and it's this kind of like blend of like white and blue and red and it's like so over the top and like you know multifaceted and it's just like really overwhelming and dahi just smirked and snorted and turned to me and went this is like take your half now <laughs> and for the next three nights I just laughed when that happened because I just thought of it but no we talked about it on night two because there was plenty of opportunity to have a chat and I, I basically like you were kind of positing that like um, unlike say like the Coronas or Codaline or Walking on Cars or whoever who are bands first and kind of pop back second but they've got a foot in both but they would absolutely consider themselves to be full-fledged bands you know like they would definitely see themselves as uh, credible I think in that regard and in some you can make the arguments for sure picture this probably see themselves as a credible band but also they seem to be a lot more unabashed about embracing what I believe is a gap in the market um, vacated by whom I'm not too sure like who are the competition Westlife are in this kind of strange mold now when they're returning where they're like they have their own kind of you know, um, yeah, it's a reunion band. It's yeah. a totally different thing, and like they're you know they're dads now and all that yeah, kind of crap, yeah. and it's a nostalgia pang. Uh, the script to me feel more of an international act than an Irish act, and you have like like I say the aforementioned like bands who are also kind of one foot. Now I think you know like next picture this you got like a Wild Youth who are kind of hot in their heels, and mm-hmm. perhaps one day could do this. I won't be going to all five of those. Um, <laughs> but going to all ten, <laughs> but I think we'll get there. And say, I think they can play it six times. <laughs> well, uh, that's one thing with it. Well, oh man, seriously, like someone joked, they were like, imagine picture. This we're doing matinee shows as well. I was like, <laughs> I, I would break. I would absolutely break. Um, I think there was a gap in the market. I think that, like, w- for what they are, yes, Ireland has popbacks. It has more now than it probably has in terms of you know being kind of promoted and, and all that kind of stuff. But from their ilk of like a four lad band who are primarily a pop act, yeah. there's clearly a gap in the market. They clearly have a demographic who want what they're selling, and that's what it is. And like, it seems to be nationwide. It seems to draw people like from around the country. It's an event. Uh, it's funny because like you mentioned like the run of shows Cullen was very uh, helpful with some information about Westlife's previous dealings yeah. with the Point Theatre in 2001 they played 13 consecutive nights the following the following year they played 11 nights and in 2004 they played 9 now granted the capacity was smaller but that's still out of control yeah the, the, the other weird thing that I pointed out about like that first Westlife tour they played 30 nights in the Point but they played 8 in Wembley Arena yeah, so that's the big difference. Yeah, Picture yeah, this, yeah, played yeah. five nights in three arena and are playing one night in the Camden Roundhouse. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, there's no ca- international carryover for these guys. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Dave, when you talk about there being a gap in the market, it seems like a very like uniquely Irish gap where people want their pop, but they also want it served with some, like, at least facade yeah, yeah, of yeah. guitars. Yeah. Like, we're still clinging to that thing of, like, some authenticity. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? And if, you, if you're talking about Picture This competing in that sphere in the world, like, they're basically fucked because you're talking about, like, the 1975. Yeah. Like. Well, yeah, th- that's the interesting thing. I mean, so the album, Modern Love, which is back at number one off the back of these uh, these gigs and has gone platinum, went number one when it came out on its debut, which seemed like, you know, that's a no-brainer that's going to happen. It's their second album. Um whereas it went in at number four, or 54, rather, sorry, in the UK. Um, I guess the American release, I mean, like, it's all available on Spotify, but, like, the campaign in America probably hasn't happened yet. Yeah. They're signed through Public Records in, in America, which contains the same roster that has, like, Ariana Grande and Drake and Post Malone. Um, I mean, like, it's America or bus now, I think. Yeah, and I mean, as you noted in your piece, and as we discussed on this show all those months ago when they had that press conference in the Westbury and your man from Island Republic was like... Avery Lippman. Yes, yeah, and yeah. said, you know, uh, we like things that don't make sense. 
And it's like, well, yeah, that's it summed yeah, up, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Well, see, there you go. I mean, like, ultimately, like, like this was, a, I, I want people to know that this was, like, a legitimate thing that I set out to do and, and work hard on and as much as, like, subject myself to this and whatever. I mean, look, am I a picture of this fan? No. Did I think I'd be won over? No. Do I think that they're, like, the worst thing of all time? No, I don't. And, like, to me, a lot of these gigs were just somewhere in the middle. It was, I was never, like... I can't stand this. This is so awful. Oh my god, kill me! And I was never like, "That's amazing." Like, I think they failed at the basics. I mean, like there were times when, like, one, like one drink, which is a perfectly good pop song, live has no lift. You're like, "Where's yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. lift?" The production was bizarrely low on like you know kind of flourishes, like no confetti cannons. No, I was sm- so surprised. There was no confetti, no, no smoke, like, no pyrotechnics. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a stage that is, and they're like, they're they're the show. And I'm like, I don't know, lads. I think you need to do a bit more than this. There was like you know one piece of confetti every two minutes, which I presume is still there <laughs> from there. Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which was tumbling down every ridiculous amount of yeah. confetti. Do you reckon they just rocked up and like, lads, Drake left loads of stuff we can use? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I set out to like to do this piece that would be a fun read for the reader. Uh, which I th- I hope it is, and I, I do want you to go and read it because, like, come on, give me my, give me my fucking okay. due here. <laughs> uh, but of course, yeah, it was literally like the headline. The headline is the feature, is the story. Yeah, and like it's funny because like on night five when I sent a photograph to someone, they were like. Uh, why are you there? You could have just said that you you went and just not gone. <laughs> and I was like, I had to do yeah, this. I had to so see you through. Yeah, yeah. I had to. I would be so annoyed with <laughs> you. If you congratulations, yeah. friend. Yeah, thanks, congratulations, man. Uh, cheers. It is called. I yeah, went well to picture this five nights in a row. <laughs> Go check it out, and also check out uh, No Popcorn Number Three mm-hmm. coming up. On its way coming up. Yeah, can Dave, we ask what it is? Dave Higgins and I sat down in this very studio a few nights ago, and we did a bit of a double bill. It's mostly a main event. We previously teased that we'd be doing straight out of Compton. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, no popcorn is no encore's uh, new baby brother, uh, who's kicking and screaming in the world of music and movies. And we've done Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody so far. We've done Metallica, some kind of monster. It's myself and David Higgins sit down and go through the merits or demerits thereof of movies that have something to do with music. So we talked about the dirt by Motley Crue for about twenty minutes, and then we talked about Straight Outta Compton, and then we teased episode four. So that's in the production as well. Ooh, hopefully, quite soon. Exciting. That episode for of No Popcorn should hopefully be in your feeds by Monday, if not soon after. Uh, yeah, Craig. You uh, went on your halls. I did, yeah. Um, it was far less eventful than uh, your five nights, but in a really, really good way. Yeah, it was very <laughs> last minute. I booked a day and a half before I went. And I just travelled off to Seville on my lonesome. Really? Didn't you say that you had to leave a bar because of the music, though? Oh, yeah. There was some atrocious stuff going on. The flamenco, I don't get whatsoever. It's not clicking with me. How Maybe it's just standing there flamenco? twice. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Two different places, though. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, do you feel relaxed? Do you feel refreshed? Yeah. Do you feel better? A holiday alone was a good thing. Look at his tan. Yeah. <laughs> How could he not? I'm revitalized. I did like a lot of walking. How are the <laughs> other local musicians, chiefly ones who throw back to British races of the past? Um, kind of decent. There was a lot of good jazz, actually. That didn't was you, the didn't one you encounter thing. some like dreadlock dude who was banging on about Eric Clapton? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of those type of people around <laughs> Alameda. It's kind of like the hipster area, but you realise it's just a bunch of students oh, yeah. smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent most of my nights there. <laughs> I've had a great time. Uh, but yeah, much recommended Seville. Check it out. Fair enough. I mentioned earlier on uh, an, an anecdote. I can't remember what the, the, the relation is to this, but I will say that today... Uh, I was in work, right? And I, I took out like... Is icebreaker, is it? Icebreaker, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. So like I, I took out, like I, I had to make a phone call. So I, I, I do a couple of weird things when I have to make phone calls. I take off my glasses. Okay. And I also take out like the plug in, like, in my ear, like, right. like the stretcher thing. because like, And then you take off your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> because it clacks off the phone. Right, and okay. I, don't like the, I don't like the sound of it. I thought it might have been a static electricity. Hang on, thing. but like, like if, if, if someone else rings yeah, yeah. you... 
<laughs> is there a good chance they're going to yeah, have hung yeah. up by the time you've made these preparations? Yeah, he doesn't so, answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened, right? And then I came back and realized, oh, fuck, I've lost it now. So I only had one of them in my ear. Oh, so I had shit. like just a hole going. And I was like, I, I got to sort this out. So on my lunch break, I went over to like um, a shop that sells such jewelry <laughs> items. And I went in and I was chatting to the gal behind the counter. And basically, um, once the transaction was completed and I purchased this new item that you can see in my ear right now. <laughs> They had a box of lollipops like, that you'd see, oh, in, like, that you'd see in like a doctor's office, yeah. right? And then when yeah. I said to her, can I have a lollipop, please? And she said, yeah, sure. What flavor? And I said, orange, please. And then before I realized what was happening, she gave me two of them, not just one, two. And I literally said the following sentence, huh, very good boy. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Now I see why you were going with the legal speech oh. at the start of that story. Why did we lead with that? Forget calling back. That was the oh. lead. <laughs> Do you know what she said in response? Oh, I don't no. Know. Very good boy. Oh! oh! Jesus Christ. And so he goes five nights in a row to buy a new earring. Oh, so okay. I think we're dating now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I contracted something there from listening to that. Christ almighty. Okay, let's go to some sad news, because there's sad news aplenty this week. It's been a rough week for uh, journalists, really, in the arts, uh, particularly in Ireland and abroad. Oh, you by the sounds of things. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of ridiculous that, like, as this is happening... Two lollipops. Very good boy. <laughs> God, uh, as all this all this bloodletting is going, I'm like, I, I got paid to go to picture this five nights in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I can expense my beers, of which there were many. Um, so yeah, uh, like the week about a week ago, the Daily Edge that website went down, and then this week, Drown and Sound, a website I've written for uh, for many years. I, I started writing for them in 2013, a UK long running music website, well regarded, high quality of writing. And uh, for some time, there's been a lot of talk that it may go under. Unfortunately, it has officially happened after 19 years. And a lot of love out there for Drown Sound today. I was able to kind of share some of my old pieces and kind of look back on, on my time there. Uh, like I, a lot of opportunities. I don't think I'd be doing a podcast. I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing. Like I, I developed hugely as a writer. Uh, they, you know, where in, whereas I didn't elsewhere. I got to interview the likes of Hamilton Lighthouser, Girl Band, Horror, or as they're also known, Hey Joe Nine 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 Nine. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, Dylan Escape Plan, one of my maybe my favorite band on their way out. I got to I, I got to interview those guys. Uh, like I got to go to festivals. I, I I got to review some some amazing work. I I got to write about Frank Ocean at length. I got to trash a Jesse J album. I got to I, I made friends uh, like for, coming off the back of it, and I felt like I I, I really grew as, like like as a person, and I felt like a journalist, even though it was volunteer led. It wasn't it wasn't paid. It, you know, it was what it was. It was like you know, but it but it felt like the the quality of, of writing was very high and I felt proud to be among it um, since working for Joe for the last 60 months I haven't written for Drown Sound because Joe's got my byline and they pay my rent so that's the way of it and unfortunately Drown Sound doesn't have a lot of advertising and the plug was eventually going to be pulled one day it has happened it will still live on in some form the forums which is the social community which Craig is a fan of um, yeah it's the main thing I'm worried about to be honest <laughs> will I'm not going to lie will still exist but like uh, that was announced today as a recording on Thursday, and then later in the afternoon, a bunch of Irish Times columnists who write for the ticket, the likes of Nile Nine, the likes of Jen Gannon, Louise Bruton, Sarah Griffin, Seamus O'Reilly, and more, uh, announced via Twitter that all of them had been told that they were no longer, uh, their, their services were no longer required, their columns are all being deep six, the ticket is having a quote-unquote redesign. Uh, it's a very bleak time out there for arts journalism. Uh, I've got a weird attitude towards this whole situation because ultimately... 
Uh, I think it can all go away, like, no matter what you're doing in life. You could work in a factory, you could be a teacher, you know, you could call into an office someday and be told, you're gone. I could, I could be called into Maximum Media on Monday morning and been told, look, it's over. Like, it, 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 you know, it sucks. I'm not saying don't be sad about it. I've got a lot of friends who are very upset about this kind of thing, just from even being on the outskirts and seeing their own kind of futures or lack thereof. I I'm, I wouldn't call myself an optimist. I don't think anybody in this room would, but I wouldn't call no. myself a pessimist. Thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a pessimist either. But I think when it comes to this kind of thing, I try not to let it seep in and break me because ultimately I do believe, romantically enough, that creativity will always find a way. Yeah, although I dare say that if you let that sort of stuff and hard seep work. in when you're trying to make a career in journalism you're already done I mean mm. like you need to be able to kind of steel yourself against these hap- things happening yeah. I think the main worry is that as you see things closing down and as you see things disappearing there's maybe not as much popping up as there used to be yeah, and like, obviously where do you go next yeah now, that's like, the yeah. net loss that people are dealing with and yeah I the pool's getting smaller and smaller concern. and it's, co- not a, it's not a su- surprise anymore like the news today was dreadful but it was just like it didn't feel not like news it just felt like a gradual development that was coming. Yeah. And you wonder what that redesign for the God like, I mean, knows. The I can't fuck? imagine anything better. Well, or I have good to imagine. Or, I have to know. imagine that like reviews and features and interviews will still exist. Yeah. Um, I don't I've never written for the ticket. I would love to. I mean, like it's a byline I've never had that of course everyone would like to have in there. In the bylines, unless you've got massive problems with the Irish Times, which people increasingly do. But I'm of the understanding that the current management system is more in favour of theatre and, and that kind of thing than music. So yeah, yeah. it's not terribly surprising. But look, I don't know. I mean, like the future is not looking terribly great right now. There have been massive layoffs in journalism across the world. It's 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 awful. But at the same time... I'm in advertising. What's happening? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like from, from a musician standpoint as well, like I mean, that Irish Times features, particularly 909's one, featuring Irish acts, you would see a noticeable jump if you were featured on that that post. So yeah. for Irish artists, I mean, it's one less thing that you can actually... Yeah, look, it's grim. That, it's like, awful. I wish none of this was happening. And I'm trying to maintain some kind of positive outlook. But like mm. I say, I don't know, like anything could happen for any reason. And I could be told you're no longer... It is that thing. I'll say this, right? It is that thing of like writing for Drown Sound. You know, that was something that you pretty much did in your own time you had deadlines but there was it was amorphous to a degree like there was no fucking office so mm-hmm. like whereas right now I do work in an office and I have a gig I am a freelancer but I have a gig so it's like if that goes away I'm fucked yeah. so let's hope it doesn't but if it does I don't know go back mm-hmm. and work in a fucking shop I don't know I mean I, I'm of the opinion that if you're a writer you can always be a writer you can always create you'll always find somewhere to host your stuff even if it is self-hosted and no one reads it I don't know I would just say to people don't fucking give up what you do because that's what makes you who you are well don't go to say that too quickly Dave one person who should be told to stop writing is Tisha Leo Varadkar <laughs> God was... I've missed you <laughs> I've missed those moments who was in the press over the weekend for a letter that he'd written to one Kylie Minogue signing it at Leo V Taoiseach which sounds like an amazing <laughs> like Terrible effort at disguising himself for something when he's checking into a hotel. Well, it says brackets Irish Prime Minister. Yeah, he (laughs) says, uh, just wanted to drop you a short note in advance of the concert in Dublin. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a huge fan. I understand you're staying in the Merion Hotel, which is just across the street from my office in government buildings. If you like, I'd love to welcome you to Ireland personally. Signed, a very good boy. (laughs) I can see you from my window. Uh, What do you you make of this then? Okay, uh, first thing I'll say on this is it is funny. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. As was Varadkar going on Twitter and saying, no, I didn't. I, I wasn't given a free meal at the concert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think the reason a lot of people are pissed off is because he did this on government time and with headed, and also, headed, headed notepaper. Yeah, and the Freedom of Information request was refused a couple of times. Yeah. So sure. Like, what are you trying I mean, to hide? That's the problem. Yeah. Like, it yeah, really yeah, yeah. is. However, the two things I want to say, well, okay, the three things I want to say. I'm no family of Varadkar, number one. Two, I believe human beings are allowed to do things. And I'm sure across the world, uh, by things I mean, you know, go to gigs and meet people that you like if you have the, the, it's the a pretty way harmless to do perk, it. Like in it's, a, it's a perk, it's a harmless perk. I'm sure it exists across the world. I'm sure heads of state do this shit all the fucking time. And the third thing I will say is, I think this is pretty fucking homophobic, isn't it? I don't the know. Response, <sighs> the fact that it's a story. Do you think? It's a bit homophobic. I, 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 I felt like it was re- the same ribbing. Because someone pointed out mm. that no one was slagging off Ender when he was doing the fucking air guitar at Bruce. It was they like, did. yeah, we were all doing that. But like, but like, but so I just feel like it's politician is like a, you know, sycophantic fan of someone. No, I, I think ultimately... Maybe it is in some quarters. I think but, ultimately, like, you know, it's still a funny story. It's still, it's still like, hilarious. And you're kind of like, Jesus Christ, Leo, like, you've got better things to be doing. And he's not a likable guy. He comes across like a fucking alien. But ultimately, there's an element, there's an undercurrent to this that I just felt was a little bit leaning in that direction maybe a little bit yeah I'm not sure I think it is mainly just though I mean like politician and musician and you just see yeah like yeah. no matter what the story is LCD sound system hate him that's a story yeah, Kylie yeah. seems to like him that's a story and obviously he's in the wrong in both cases so and, you know. basically I mean, rollers the, are the more, the indifferent we- the weirder thing about it is when you really step back I mean like okay the Taoiseach wants to go see Kylie how does he not just say to an aide I want to go see Kylie and I want to meet yeah, Kylie yeah, and then the aide sorts it out why does he and it's, it needs that personal touch. <laughs> Kylie like, expects my, that my personal theory, touch. My theory is he got an aid and the aid couldn't do it. And then he's like, such... fuck it. Like, pulls out the paper, pulls out the pen. is like, fuck yeah. this shit, I'll write it down. The aid having sent just, like, an email signing <laughs> off, like, Jeff M. Aid. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, his disco doesn't need him. His country does. All right? <laughs> All right, what else we got? Well, hang on. The last, let's ask the, if any of us was the Taoiseach and like your favorite <coughs> artist came along, we're all doing the same fucking thing. Oh, without, yeah. Without question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and using 100%. the headed paper yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Dearest would, Mr. West. Who would want to be a politician if you couldn't get into the odd gig or meet you? Like, exactly. Yeah, 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 for yeah. God's sake. Who's the person? Free tickets to the rugby is just about the only reason I've ever really considered it. <laughs> um, Green Day have been criticized for lacking a female voice in their book, The Last of the American Girls, which as the title might suggest should probably have a female voice in there an inspiring homage and handbook for the rebellious every woman who refuses to capitulate this is Green Day's new project written by Billy Joe Armstrong Mike Durnt and Trey Cool, and their choice of illustrator Frank Caruso what do they have in common? I, I, uh, I can't put my finger on it don't all shout at once I don't want to put my finger on it <laughs> to be quite honest um, yeah it's I don't know I, I, I feel like it's yet another one of those own goals where I'm like this is really easy to avoid. It is, but as well, I mean, like, and, and I think this is the main thing that was in the back of my mind from the first second that I heard about this story, is that, like, if Green Day did bring in a female voice, two female voices, three female voices, would the Green Day book, Last of the American Girls, be any more appealing to anyone? God, no. God, I mean, no. they're on to a loser from the start here, no matter who else gets involved. Well, like, some fans pointed out that it's, um, the book doesn't act as a how-to guide for women to live. <laughs> I'm di- I'm disappointed Shit. personally. <laughs> Throw it in the bin. But rather, it's an illustrated version of the 21st century breakdown track of the same name, which is not a good thing. 
I didn't even know that was a song. Like, what? Like, remember they had the huge mammoth success with American Idiot, which was like kind of this operatic yeah, storytelling yeah. thing. Which yeah. was the worst thing to ever happen because it, yeah. like it gave them like the second chapter. And, and they decided, Do you know what, we'll go even bigger with this weird, like they, they went full like prog rock and like we've important things to say about American girls, us middle-aged men. No, you don't, Green Day. <laughs> Write some punk hits. <laughs> has, has any band like written a book before? Is in like an entire band come like a together collaboration? To write a book? Yeah, the Dirt, Motley Crue, they wrote that. Like yeah. that, that's their Did voice. They really? Yeah, they wrote it with like Neil Strauss, who's the guy who wrote the games. So he just interviewed them. Horrible, guess, toxic no? bastard. It's all in their own words. Like I mean, like yeah, that is like a well, it's an oral history. So you know, so um, weird. But so it seems weird. like these guys were like in a writer's room together, like the three of them. Oh, just you mean being, like, like what's the dialogue? The laptop. Yeah, write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Is there any Irish band that you'd like to do the same thing? Picture this as guide to write to write their own Suits. book. Suits, yeah. <laughs> um, Jim Core. Forget the rest of the course. <laughs> I just want a Jim Core book. Yeah, like, sorry, yeah. Picture, no, no, picture no, this guy so to much, fast fashion. No, it would be so much funnier if the chorus wrote a book together because you'd just be able to pick Jim's bits. Jim's bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, uh, his bits are all in windings or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what else is going on uh, in the news? And, and Anything else light before we get to the dark shit? Or like, like what are we going to do here? I don't know. Who's got it? Who's got it? Like, this show is spiraling out of control, guys. Someone, quick. Drop it. Attention everyone, one, one, one. Shut up, Craig on Kanye. Yes, it's time for Craig on Kanye to lighten the mood, Ooh, which is weird, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a while since actually Craig on Kanye lightened the mood of anything. <laughs> but he has confirmed that he's bringing his Sunday service to Coachella after plans for his kind of massive headliner were scrapped. Um, this seems like it's going to be a good thing, right? He's been doing this Sunday service thing, a weekly thing that's like fully focused on the music. It's all gospel stuff. It's feel good. It's getting, you know, a bit of kind of, I don't know, decent response from people. Like seems the, to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very music focused, which is kind of... That's the thing, yeah. Um, he's been debuting new bits and pieces. It feels like a kind of long lead in for Yandy. And, like, is this going to be his moment of redemption? Can he save himself by it's just set up shutting for, open? It? It's set up for, for the Kanye coefficient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I must say, right, this is just, the seesaw's dead level, right? And this could yeah, yeah. really go one way or the other because, as you say, he's got, like, this music-driven project, but Coachella is the mother of all publicity circuses. Yeah. And, like... Which one is going to win out, basically? <laughs> is this going to be Kanye going wild now that he's got the like platform of Coachella? Or is this going to be Kanye doing what he's actually been doing with the Sunday service and reminding everybody that even in the madhouse that is that festival, you know, this is what he's yeah. here to do? I feel like that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to be like, he's in head down, down like just enjoying my football kind of mode, which he, he can actually do. He did it before... Um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and I think he realises he went too far and he yeah, needs yeah, yeah. to at least release some quality stuff that yeah. people will be like oh yeah that's You're Kanye a positive man. it yes. kind of illuminates a kind of an idea as well where it's like if he works with a broad range of really talented musicians mm. it almost brings out the best of him because you see in those Sunday service videos like where he's almost not the the lead here he's like working together with a whole pile of artists and yeah. that's when the magic really happens that he brings these people together and then suddenly it's a whole new magic thing I mean, those videos, like, they're terrible audio quality, but still you can just feel the yeah. energy coming out of them. Hey, Colm, you mentioned, like, Coachella. Like, you know, Desert Heat. Yeah. 
beating down the sun. Like, oh. What if some mosquitoes emerge? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Should they do so, Craig? Or Dave, even. Oh, no. I've been gone too long, folks. Sorry. Which one are you again? <laughs> I laid you up for it perfectly. Uh, then Skrillex could help. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, yeah, so they're talking about, uh, basically, how it's the frequencies of dubstep do very well in repelling mosquitoes and uh, apparently Skrillex in particular was effective in uh, some experiments they did it yeah his track Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites um, which features on his Grammy award winning album of the same name it was chosen because it's a mix of very high and low frequencies and in insects we're told low frequency vibrations facilitate sexual interactions whereas noise disrupts the perception of signals from conspecifics and hosts, which is great. Female adult mosquitoes were apparently entertained by the tracto and attacked hosts later and less often than those in a dubstep-free <laughs> environment. So they go wild for a bit of Skrillex. Right. And it fecks up their shit. Dahi, like everyone. From, from your canon, what would you drop if there was a lot of mosquitoes around? What oh, my God. What would help you? Of my own music? Yeah. Uh, oh, God. It'd have to be in my darkest moments, I would say. If we're talking about, like... Chameleon life, surely. Chameleon life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be bad either. Yeah, because it's got that big, like... I went back and listened to the song. When's the last time you listened to the song? Before I interviewed you, and that time when you ripped the piss out of me for the Spotify thing. Oh, that was great. In front of a live audience. You went back and listened to Chameleon Life. We can do a very... No, Chameleon Life. No, no. Oh, sorry. Fucking Nice Sprites. Oh, sorry. I thought you went back and... I thought we were going to do, like, a mini song exploder on one of your old tracks. I was like, let's go for it. One man who wouldn't be much use when the mosquitoes are is uh, Colonel Sanders. This thing kind of like became a talking point during the week. Uh, the worst DJ set of all time, quote unquote. It was a five minute slot at Ultra Music Festival uh, during the WMC Winter Music Conference. Um, yeah, they had a man dressed as Colonel Sanders, the KFC mascot, come out there, do his thing. Craig, you work in advertising. This must be a big win for KFC because I've seen it everywhere this week. Yeah, it's humongous because it's been terrible, terrible press for them and it's been everywhere. So, win-win. Also, yeah. like, also, though, like a few weeks ago, Dave sent us like an hour-long video of like, was it Timmy Trumpets at Tomorrowland? Oh, Nyler9 deserves the credit on that one. He sent it to me first. Oh, yeah. Well, either either way, like... <laughs> I just I disseminated ring style to, be, to move it around. <laughs> I, I haven't watched the KFC video yet and I'm not convinced that it could be any worse but this than what really happened. Yeah, really, because like yeah. when you you watch the the KFC video and it's like horrendously bad and like awful, and then like a couple of hours later, the headliner Marshmallow was playing, and it was equally as terrible. Sorry, that was, was actually so bad. It was actually worth it because Marshmallow got pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Serious yeah, artist really with the fucking Marshmallow yeah, yeah, yeah. head, and also <laughs> also fucking five minute set. Like what? Like so this is going to be my big chance. I have five minutes set to play the, the president. Set of like, hey, listen, mate. <laughs> slippery slope. What next, what yeah. next? Look, ten minutes ten set minutes for McDonald's. Of, what, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ronald a hand burglar behind the wheels of steel for five back hours. To back. <laughs> when Amanda Brunker, cheese, twenty-four hours. When, when Amanda Brunker pitched up at Oxygen for approximately oh, yeah. five minutes, oh, yeah. she told us what the future would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and to close out the news section, some sad news from Los Angeles, Craig. Um, yep, yeah, uh, sad news as Nipsey Hussle passed away. Um, he was shot dead, uh, thirty-three years old, um, and it's been like a really bad start of the year for the hip-hop community in general there's been a lot of kind of shootings and senseless violence 
Um, you know, he was a guy who, by all accounts, was a great character, doing a lot for his community, hadn't left his community, actually wanted to put a lot back in. Mm. His career was really taking off. He was um, Grammy-nominated for his debut album last year, and it just felt like <clears throat> everything was going in the right direction for him. And there's just been this outpouring of kind of grief, obviously, in the community as, like, you know, another one of these things. And the question is, when does it stop happening? Yeah, I, I mean, like, not to go terribly cliched, but it does seem to be, like, one of those real stories of a guy who turned his life around, yet... Yeah, his yeah. past still kind of came back to haunt him. Yeah, so it was speak. really, it was like, you know, um, at the press conference, the police chief was talking about how he actually had plans to meet with him to talk about what they could do about gun violence. And he said he had to read his name like three times when he saw the reports coming through to like, he was like, what? It can't be him. him yeah. Um, so just so it's no one's safe. It was mad. He he had like a like a barber shop. He had a learning center for kids yeah. in the same place. He had a fish store, a cryptocurrency company. Like he he was doing a huge amount for that um that community. He's a really really good song called Dedication that features Kendrick Lamar. That's really really worth a look. If uh, it's got some great stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was actually he was another artist that was trying to be something of a leader, taking control of his creativity, and like he owned mm. his own master. So if you want to check out his stuff, it will go to his family. And yeah, uh, sad news. Later in the show, we'll be reviewing the debut album from Billie Eilish one week on, and we've all finally had the chance to properly sit with it. But now, songs of the week. Can I have a number between one and five, Cullum O'Regan? Number four, please. It's the drums, and the fittingly titled, Loner. And I am scared of all the people in the world, and I I say fitting because the drums is effectively a one-man operation. Now, Craig, I must ask you, like, the drums were, uh, as as were many acts, the soundtrack to our, our hazy, hot press summer days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they emerged from New York about a decade ago, and, yeah, they hit the heights around the time we were starting in hot press. Um, they seemed, uh, from the outset, like a bit of a kind of um, urban outfitters kind of soundtrack band. They just, you know, yeah, were quite yeah. stylish indie they had a couple of great songs, though, including Forever and Ever, Amen. Brilliant, and you were obsessed with that bit in the video when he dances backwards up the stairs. Yeah, and this is Jonathan Pierce, who is essentially the drums now, and he's kind of an interesting character. He's kept the band going. He's had some, like, issues and heartbreak over the years himself, but he's maintained this kind of cult following and been doing quite interesting stuff. Um, it's remarkable that they, of all of that crop, have kind of flourished somewhat and I just think it's down to him being actually a bit odd and a bit interesting and not quite that cookie cutter indie thing does that apply to this track uh, I wasn't loving the start of it. It was oddly kind of down tempo and abrasive, but I think the chorus is like something Morrissey might be proud of, like old Morrissey, like young Morrissey when he should have been, you know, proud. Hell of, of a like statement there in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine somebody but it has like, this swooning kind of, you know, you've done Morrissey proud <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> with this hate rally that you've put together. It's sad and catchy, all right. Yeah, um, no, yeah, it, it is sad and catchy. Me. I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, it annoys me that he hasn't specified where. It's Seneca is where he appears yeah, yeah. to want to move. Maybe he meant the philosopher. Yeah, perhaps <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. All I could find is like an unincorporated area of California <laughs> and a university in Toronto and perhaps a small bit of no- North Carolina, but none of them seem to fit well, the you bill. Well, really, you really went in on the research on this yeah. one. I tried, yeah. In fact, yeah. <laughs> the song's decent. I didn't like it at all. Really? Uh, yeah, I, it, 
I can't believe this is a new song. It okay. sounds 10 years old. Like True. It, like, although, although, frankly, when they were bringing out new music 10 years ago, it sounded kind of slightly older as well. <laughs> yeah, so they're like the yeah, further back. I guess they've always been out of time. But yeah. I think there's kind of a complexity to his writing. I, maybe I, it's just what I like. I like. He's kind of got this odd stilted thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, lyrically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The choir just, caught me off guard as well. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave, what you reckon? Okay, I guess it's confession time. Um, half lips. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard every song on this list once this week. All right. Just once, okay. And you loved it. I <laughs> uh, didn't leave much of an impression. Give me a number. Number one, please. Rosalia and J Balvin with Con Altura. <laughs> All right, Craig, you went to Spain. We get it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now this is flamenco. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not flamenco, but it is, as Dave said, con altura. I think, uh, I think Craig altura. thought it was flamenco. It means with height. <laughs> no, it's not yeah, flamenco. Yeah. But um, she does come from an alt flamenco kind of background. Yeah, she so, does. So what do you make of it? I liked it. Uh, it's that real Moomaton beat. Um, it was a jam. One of the best songs this year to run to, I would say, is a description that I would oh, give it. Okay. Um, as you were saying it already, week. the translation is with height, which is actually a really cool, like, it's obviously doesn't translate incredibly well yeah. over to us, but that's like kind of nailing the whole Rosalia yeah. vibe. Is that I, like, I, you know? I was reading some of the reactions to it and people were saying, there's some great lyrics in here. And I was like, well, <laughs> I just I just didn't seek out a translation. I'm going to take their word for it. You could have um, just approached people on the street when you were in Seville. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Missed opportunity. Um, Dahi, are you going to make that playlist? Best songs to run to. Best songs to run to. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, no, I kind of I dug it. Um, like her vocals as always are pretty boss. Yeah, yeah. Or just generally the sound of her voice, like the sonic yes. sound of her yeah, voice yeah. is always class. Like it's really, really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this actually. Um, I think as well, you know, talked about it a lot in this podcast before in terms of timing to release a good summer single. I think, yeah. like, I think you've got like Nailed literally it. about three weeks left. Mm-hmm. You have to be out by the 26th of <laughs> April this year. And uh, yeah, this is well-timed in that regard. Seemed nice. Dahi, give me a number. Uh, what have we left? Uh, two, three, and five. Uh, three, please. Uh, it's Ariana Grande. Your girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's back again. That was quite the sigh, Dave. With Victoria Monet, and the song is called Monopoly. And I almost didn't listen to this one out of protest. I am so bored. This is a really good song. What are you talking about? I'm so bored of her. I don't like it, but I don't really <laughs> understand the boredom factor. Her. I mean, she like she's been oversaturated for a bit, but that's just because she's got a lot of material. At I the know, and like right? maybe I'm being unfair. Allowed, but I just feel it? like it's all very samey. And... She did an interview with uh, Vanity Fair um, a while back and was talking about how she was quite frustrated with the idea of 
how um, a pop artist is expected to run on this cycle of albums. So you, you have to spend like two years and then come back up and then do it again and yeah, again. Yeah, she said, I want to be like a rapper. Yeah, she wants to be like a rapper. Well, so she wants to release like a rapper. She wants basically. to release like Drake. She just exactly. wants to drop, Lucy, doing she just drop stuff. mixtapes yeah, yeah. and whatever the hell else. And the Lucy's are like, as a song, this doesn't really work for me, but it works totally as keeping her in the conversation, particularly with some of the lyrical drops she has. I and can see this carrying It's almost like a meme as music. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But that's one of the things that I like as well because I suppose especially when you think about pop songwriting I mean like if she did have to go back to the album cycle so to speak like mm-hmm. referencing things that are happening you know like a month or two yeah, 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 yeah. beforehand like a is impossible yeah, yeah. yeah whereas this has like you know references to that Seven Rings song um, mm-hmm. and the sample uh, that she's had to kind of like throw away 90% of the royalties that she's get, getting for that track to uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. That makes sense now and she mm-hmm. can write about that now. So I can see the, the the appeal to it. What's going to be interesting, I think, then though, is like, will this be simultaneous to actually making albums also? Because frankly, that's always what catches you with the most prolific rappers. You're like, wow, that is a lot of material yeah. mm-hmm. to start like dropping mixtapes and Lucy's and do your actual LP at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Will there be an Ariana Grande album in sort of like 12, 18 months as there would be normally? Well, to me, this didn't sound like something that there was a l- huge amount of time invested into. Maybe I'm missing something. That I, but, no, I, I yeah. think you're probably right. Yeah. But like I, I also, you know, with the type of music that's in it, there's an interesting kind of thing as well where she's she's starting to change her style it, both in singing and in, in the kind of the production style. And yeah. Stuff. Sure. Obviously, there's this new kind of idea of attitude that is like coming across through everything. But there's also, you know, she's she's kind of keeping up a pace with what's popular at the time. And you know, like Britney she, had to do that. You could Madonna argue that to she's that, setting like. the pace to a certain extent. True. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah. I, what I, do you think, I think Dave? I think it's going to be pretty big. Break up with your release strategy on board. <laughs> <laughs> Number two this week, chosen by me, is Khalid with "Don't Pretend." Keeping you on my radar Lately it's so damn cold You used to hold me down You fought so it's been a while I still remember your voice How you talk so soft in the morning You're the only one I'm wanting Love's take still and I'm frozen But I'm opening Thoughts that I, I keep feeling I guess I gotta be mad and I won't pretend, listener. I haven't heard it. All right, okay. I thought this was quite good. Um, maybe could have done with slightly more oomph. I thought yeah. it was a little bit sort of like. Actually, can, can you hold on for a second, Dave? Can you? <laughs> He's put another Christmas mail. All right, <laughs> finish that off, and I want you to review it, having Gone. not heard it. Just give <laughs> us what you would you think your review yeah, would yeah. be. Um, I felt that it was way too beholden to current trends, and I, I felt that like, you know, like we, I, I'm done with trap drums at this stage. I think we all are. Generally, like the, that kind of like algorithmic thing that we hear on the radio constantly, the, those kind of compressing of frequencies as well. I'm not a big fan of, and I just think the chorus was just lacking. I mean, I know what it was going for, but ultimately, it was it was just like a bit of a flatline. I mean, maybe it's just like the picture, this kind of rigidity that, that's in my head right now. But I just felt that like you know, ultimately. Especially as Cullen points out, like we're getting close to those, like the end of the summer kind of quarter one thing. Yeah, I think if anything, he's dropped the ball. 
I mean, he makes some good points there. He does, yeah. But yeah, there's not really any trap in it, but other yeah. than that, bravo. This I mean, is essentially a song about <laughs> keeping your phone charged as well, which is like yeah. super weird. Like, it's just like, I, I, kept, think I kept my phone device, on. Like for so the you would person. call, my phone is still charged, please pick up. Like, Khaled's obviously pretty massive at the moment. I'm not really sure why, although I see kind yeah. of potential in, like, I like his voice, but he is like a, the next one in that conveyor belt of just bland or and totally, yeah, like yeah. this is going to be in some Love Island montage yeah. later in the summer kind it's, of thing. It's yeah. exactly the type of guitar sound that I hate as well. It's weird like acoustic guitar it's over offense. You know, I actually, I actually don't mind that too much, especially combined with the vocals, but like I say, it could have done with some sort of lift yeah, at yeah. some point and it just wasn't there. Although to your point, about kind of keeping the phone charged and like you know never calling the problem is that every time Khalid makes that call the person on the other hand has to take their glasses off <laughs> take out their ear studs <laughs> and Very good. it's just not yeah, working yeah. out there's <laughs> apparently um, a song that Father John Misty wrote for him on this accompanying kind of album which I'm very interested here because he might be singing about something <laughs> closing out the track this week is uh, Modest Mouse with Poison the Well Modest Mouse, most people will know from Float On. They had another big song called Dashboard, which led to maybe my most underappreciated tweet of all time. Now, admittedly, it's a bit niche, but I I still feel there was a day when Isaac Brock, the frontman of Modest Mouse, uh, apparently entered some fugue state while driving and crashed his car. Um, Because he was okay and nobody got hurt badly, I was able to make the gag and I said, early reports indicate that the dashboard melted, but they still had the radio. (laughs) Very good. Thank you very much. Solid work. Solid work. That's me. Uh, good. <laughs> Wrapping up right. It's been no encore <laughs> Goodbye um, It's been a while Since we got while. Some Modest Mouse uh, Four years I believe um, Last time they released an album I interviewed Isaac And he said The next album's finished And we're releasing it Any day now Which was picked up <laughs> everywhere And he's like Yeah it's going to be called Like whatever We're just going to put it out there And I there's been that, nothing that For four story years picked up. Yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Now he did seem out of sorts When I was talking to him in a kind of good way, but I don't know. He was very entertaining. Just really upset about the sound and the <laughs> helix like, that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, remember that. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a long time. They're back with something that sounds exactly like Modest Me- Like I yeah. was not surprised in any way. I think it kind of worked because I, I kind of like him when there's a bit of rage <laughs> I to short his it was. vocals. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of kind of energy to it, and yeah, I'm kind of intrigued as mm. what they put the, out. The verse melodies didn't really do it for me. It was a bit cheesy or something like that but yeah. the rest of it was really really nice yeah and it's kind of short and snappy yeah, pretty good it's just a mediocre modest mouse song for me yeah. um it's not gonna it's not gonna be a massive opening single or anything yeah like, that's I mean. it exactly it's an album track isn't yeah. it? it the question is whether or not they could actually land on one of those big tracks something like a dashboard something like a float on that would actually give them that sort of relevance back again yeah you think really, you'd be hitting it right now though if you were like yeah yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold out too much hope. <laughs> but you know, nice to hear from them. I suppose. Yeah. Sure. Was it nice to hear from Billie Eilish in her debut long player? Let's find out. The song taken from "When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?" The song is called "Ilo Milo." The words a little blurry, or maybe it's my eyes. The friends I've had to bury. bury. 
is track 11 of a 14 track record it arrives after Bury a Friend and picks up the beat that closed off that track uh, it's one of my favourite songs on the album I think it's got a great energy to it a great pulse there's been an awful lot written about Billie Eilish in the last kind of 10 to 12 days uh, and including her being cancelled several times for different <laughs> reasons um, there's a lot to talk about here We've done a lot of build-up by even talking about her on the show. Obviously, we've done a few singles. We're big fans of what we heard so far. We really enjoyed the Vanity Fair interview. I went over to London to see her. Uh, I'm a fan going in. Am I a fan coming out? That could be the question. Who wants to go first? I feel like there's a lot to get into here, guys. Um, Yeah, I feel like this is a really, really good um, advertisement for homeschooling. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching this um, Spaces feature yesterday that was done on her brother who she collaborates with. It's basically just the two of them, Phineas, yeah. Um, And he was talking about, like, Dave, you're talking about that talk and her being cancelled and all the, you know, backlash and people in love with her and people hating her. And there's been talk of her being an industry plant due to her kind of meteoric rise, I guess, which you're always going to get. But it was... This was a really interesting interview because it was done in the house they grew up in, which is this like two bedroom thing. Parents apparently slept on a futon out in the living room so they could have their own bedrooms. And he was talking about they recorded all of the vocals for this album as she sat like on his bed in his kind of home studio thing. It was just really kind of interesting. And it struck me not that like, not so much that, oh, they're not just this construct, but that, wow, it's the two of them. A lot of this music sounds like it should have 30 names on the credits. Like, it's so kind of immaculately mm. produced. It's, it's so really well produced. of the now. Um, but no, it literally comes down to them being homeschooled, spending all of their spare time at home just learning music and immersing themselves in it. And it's like that 10,000 hours thing, which they had hanging up in their gaff. Right. Um, so... I mean, it's got flaws. I think she's missing a few real standout tracks um, that will push her over the edge. But like as a debut for a 17-year-old, it's really hard to argue with. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's very, very rare to get like a massive pop album like this with just two writers. I mean, that's yeah. that's a really clear thing. I mean, I think when I was listening through it on the first round, like... <laughs> I was surprised at how many tracks were were stuff that I remembered and then t- while listening like throughout the whole like week and a half it just felt like I was getting new favorites every single day. Yeah. So like I would pick up on one and go I'll, I'll go okay that that's my favorite one that's my favorite one and generally I think that's a really really good sign for a pop album where the stuff is standing out enough and being unique enough that um it makes it really really special. One of the more interesting things about it is the way it's a really, really good postcard picture of what her life in server like is like. She does a really, really good job of this thing of kind of saying, like, I can't understand why everybody's getting so hammered with drugs and like how people relate to other people is like, I don't get it. And it's like really, really frustrating. She seems there's a there's an overhanging kind of dread and ter- being terrified of like people dying on her or like people leaving or people falling apart because like of things that they're doing and it's a really really interesting take on this idea of a a teenager in America in somewhere like Silver Lake. That was one of the things I mean like one of the reasons why 
people have gotten upset with her is because she did a recent interview, I guess, about XXX Tentacion, who she mm. was friends with, and she said that she's really sad that he's gone and that she struggles with that and it was a tragedy for her. And those people were like, no, cancelled, fuck you. And it's kind of like, she's a 17-year-old girl who lost yeah. someone who she thought was a friend. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that she endorsed all of his behaviour. We don't know their relationship. Uh, again, and I hate to labour the point here, she's 17. Uh, like, I'm... I turned 35 this summer and I would not consider myself emotionally fully grown. Mm. I would not, I make mistakes constantly. I, I experience different things. I'm a sensitive guy. And ultimately I don't know how, like, like it, it comes back to the idea that we've talked about before where like human beings aren't just one thing. They are evolving creatures who no one is fully enlightened at the age of 17. Maybe some people are. I don't think they, I, I don't know if you're fully enlightened if you get to a hundred. Mm. Uh, like I, I think it's okay for someone to grieve a friend of theirs no matter what the situation is yeah. because they have a connection to that person that you never have. And I just think this idea of like, headlines coming out of these things and people going on Twitter and dismissing them in like fucking two tweets. I'm just like, that's not the fucking move. And I think this album speaks to the idea of almost a vindication of her kind of doom and gloom. Yeah, well, I think a certain level of that reaction is definitely aimed at the fact that she is 17. I think it's just a patronizing thing of, look, you don't understand because you're a small child. Whereas we've thought about all these issues and someday you'll learn that, you know, your feelings towards Tentacion or whoever else were wrong. Yeah, but it's up for to her oh, to abso- learn that. Absolutely, like, I mean, yeah, but what, what's more, I just like, I mean... <laughs> When you listen to this record and, and, you know, when you appreciate the standard of work here, like you're not dealing with like some doll here, or some average 17 year old girl. She is very, very special uh, and has been really since like Ocean Eyes was written when she was about yeah. 12. You know, you're dealing with a prodigy. And it's important to note that she is writing this stuff. Like yeah. if you go to Phineas's. Yeah, well, I think Ocean Eyes was written by Phineas. Yeah, yeah. But like most of this album, like it's obviously co-wrote. But like she has such like this isn't a thing where like oh there's a there's a person behind the scenes here. She is writing these tracks. Yeah, sorry, sorry. The point I think you were going to make there, Dahi, before I cut across you was like if you go to Phineas's stuff, which I did. Like he's obviously really talented. There's some great musical stuff there, but songs are kind of generic and there's definitely a spark missing and you can totally see oh no these are totally her songs this is what's making them special it's her the one thing that I would go back to though is something that you mentioned at the very start which is a construct because there are times throughout this record where I do feel like this is more performance art than anything else that this is someone who and you know, like maybe this is a moot point because if you do it well, who really cares? But it does feel as though this is sort of looking from the outside, analyzing certain parts of like, you know, the the human condition and the teen angst and distilling it into this music. Because I just I'm not sure that I really buy that Billie Eilish is this thing. I think she's embracing this idea of herself as America's worst nightmare, so to speak. I think mm. that which, she's come to embody. Cool. <laughs> like, it's really cool, like I said. And look, like I said, when it's done really well, it, like it could be a moot point. But at the same time, I do sort of feel like I'm not sure that this truly is for real. I'm not like sure a, that this girl is for real. Felt like a novel to me. In a lot of ways, felt like a construction of stories. Um, I mean, that's an interesting argument because, like, and even to come back to the idea of patronization, the lead track on here, you know, the proper lead track is called Bad Guy. And ultimately, that's like your classic Poison Ivy story, essentially, of her, like, seducing mm. an older man. But, like, 
presumably written before she turned 17, uh, references like wearing like your dad's cologne or all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like her songs are are sexual. Um, she has one with Vince Staples called Anne Byrne from a couple of years ago, which is like the depiction of those two in like some kind of relationship where, you know, they're animalistic at times. And I mean, ultimately you have to, you know, you have people kind of asking a fair enough question of like, is she being exploited? She's so young. Like, what the fuck? But then you're like, who are we to say that a teenager can't think about sex? Well, or- like, like, I've seen it said that something like bad guys, what's the difference between that and Britney arriving with hit me baby one more time? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like, it's about the ownership you take that, of That's the story. exactly the yeah. word I was going to use. It feels like there's much more ownership on this one. And I don't know if it was written by a secret cabal of record execs or Max Martin, <laughs> no, uncredited. I, I, I don't know. I don't care. I, I think ultimately she's fronting it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't think so at all. I mean, there's nothing to suggest that that's the case. And what's more, I think, you know, adding further weight to that is the idea that one or two of the missteps on this album are perceived mis- missteps, although I would tend to agree that Wish You Were Gay is particularly a bad uh, it hasn't held. I was I like digging it. It hasn't held up really to me. Really? Think, yeah. It has. Now, for me. I mean that as like, it's maybe like a six out of ten. But yeah, the more I hear it, the more I'm just like, this is not standing up to what's surrounded. I think it's yeah. a really good track, mm-hmm. and I and I have no problem uh, fine yet, like a straight white male or whatever the fuck. But like, I don't see, I, I don't see the outrage. I think it's actually a, a, a very real like interpretation of being a teenager. And like when when we had Mary Kate Garrity Mayke on the show a while ago, she made some really good points. She made some exceptional it. points yeah. about that and how she like identified to that, and like a lot of teenage girls would. But of course now you're not allowed to put a foot wrong. You're not allowed to do that ever. You're not allowed to be a teenager and actually have the fuck ups. Like, but I mean, just... but, and that's kind of a core point as well. I mean, like one of the reasons why I think she is so popular to a younger audience is because she is part of that younger audience, you know? Oh, and like, there's a there's a thing here where people are going like, oh my God, how can you say that? You, there's so many people who look up to you from your age group. How could you say that this is so bad when really the reason they look up to her in this way because is because she says that yeah. stuff. Because she's she says the same thing things that, sh- that other people are saying so maybe it even gets down to this idea where it's like maybe this isn't for us or we can enjoy it as long well, as we know that like she's actually speaking to people on her own age as I mean just us. generationally speaking it would seem logical that in the age of like millennials and stuff trying to kind of be woke and you know having their hearts in the right place mm-hmm. that the next wave of teenagers will find something to kick against and it might be that thing of watching what you say and it's just you know what I mean that could be she could be that kind of voice um, but I, I don't know I think even with that song I meant maybe more just melodically it didn't really hold up and mm. I think maybe that's a problem throughout this record where her vocals are really kind of captivating and whispery but I think the songwriting is not quite there like yeah. they're great kind of like sonic experiences and there's a lot of personality in them and they sound great but like as classic songs mm. I don't know like it's not really an album full of hooks and I don't know if it's supposed to be yeah, I mean, like I think it doesn't really even really feel that pop at times. I mean, it feels more like a rock and roll album where it's all about the spirit of it and yeah. about the kind of pushing of boundaries. I mean, if you're talking about songwriting, I mean, I think "Listen Before I Go" is a fantastic track. I mean, I think it like really, really nails a kind of yeah. And I think essentially what a suicide note must feel like coupled with "Isla Milo," which is re- which I think is one of the songs of the year. Yes, the lead into that is yeah. makes "Listen Before I Go" even more devastating. "Closing yes, Drag yes, Goodbye" yeah. is great as well. Yeah, yeah, it's like I agree. Good, goodbye is amazing because you know it has like all of the lyrics are lyrics from each of the other yeah, songs, yeah, which yeah. is really amazing. Like, yeah, I like in that regard, the whole thing feels like some kind of big massive project, and it feels and even with, with the production, like there are times in this one when. Uh, and to go back to a no encore bingo classic, it's a headphones album. Uh, <laughs> there are times on this one when, like, 
the scraping sound of like a fucking blade off a wall or something. Oh, yeah. It's like her dad sharpening knives or something. Is it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this part where she says headache and then suddenly this massive bass yeah. comes that in the back That point during Zanny where that bass drops yeah. for the first yeah, yeah, time yeah, yeah. and you're just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Every get, tooth in your head. It, get, yeah, it gets under your ears. Like, I mean, it's very, like, it's, it, it's, it's embedded and the whole thing. I would agree with Craig to a degree. I mean, like, the one thing that shocked me about this album was how little I felt the need to go back to it. I was like, this is really good. I'm having a good time. These tracks are obviously very impressive. I like most of them, you know, as kind of short bursts of their own. Uh, I remain compelled by her. I think that what has been accomplished has absolutely been accomplished resolutely. But I, again, pitchfork barbecue. Like, I mean, like, where am I throwing this on? How often am I throwing this on? It's a fucking mood. It's not a drag, but it's a mood. Yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, you, you acknowledge yourself at the top of this segment that, you know, you turn 35 this summer, she turns 18, and it's probably maybe targeted towards an audience close to her end than ours at this point but like do you reckon the, the ambition is to have that skyscraping like world destroying big pop banger that everyone gets on board with or is does she not need to do that she's big for other yeah reasons. no no to be fair like like let's go back to the iron grande comparison like not to just go like for like female here but like ultimately obviously two artists on the rise and billy eilish is being talked about in the same circles is just becoming like a household name uh i would i would take this any fucking day over yeah. regurgitated conveyor belt pop that is still everywhere i would rather an album that like feels a bit kind of like all over the place in an interesting way. The threads are here, but I'm happy to follow them around the corners. And, True. and, and you do. Yeah, it sounds I'll, I'll more go, interesting across the board. Yes. The, the other thing as well, though, is that, and like, yeah, like I find her fascinating and I think this album is pretty accomplished. What comes next? Like, is her follow-up album going to be a perfect illustration of the average 20-year-old angst and then 23-year-olds? And, mm. you know, like in four albums' time, she's making records about, like, I don't know, working in an office because she's kind of capturing that age of American life. I think, I don't think we have to worry about her having things to say. Um, I was kind of thinking, sonically, this is, um, it's not quite envelope pushing. It's like, feels very of the now in the best possible way. It's synthesizing all these kind of slightly out there pop elements from, you know, um, some great artists. And also and not doing it all at once. There's a multiplicity to this really where is. there's like, there's ways in on your first listen but you wonder but, have, have they just captured something really special sonically with this and like can they replicate that sound over the course of the next five years mm. do you know what I mean where'd you go from there yeah I, I mean I, th- I think they have it though I mean like just even as you were saying there I mean there's a lot of like maturity here in terms of how an album works which I'm really surprised yeah. by for two people who haven't really done this really on this scale before I mean one of the things I think it has legs for anybody who really really loves the album where it has bangers and it has these really amazing slow songs so there's like a kind of a thing for everybody here if you know what i mean i think maturity is a great word i think this is the maturation of an artist except it's debut album and it's it's perfectly fair to look ahead and be like where's it going to go and like i've had this conversation with people who are like worried about her because they're Mm. worried that she's going to be burned out and by the time she's 25 she's like destroyed and the music industry's going to get their hooks into her all these things could happen but ultimately like i say this is her life to lead. And so far, she shared with us a lot of stuff that I found very, very real. I think she's got a fucking fuck ton of conviction. I think she is a rock star. I really like this album. I'm giving it 7.5. Yeah, I'll go 8. I liked it slightly less than Dave. <laughs> 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 I just sound so jaded when I'm saying 8. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like this album. I think uh, there's enough songs on here to make it like an f- absolutely fantastic pop album. So I'm going to go 8 as well. I'll go 7.5. I think along with Dave, it's a very strong album. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, 
to, to go come full circle really it's the sort of album where you went in with questions and uh, weren't entirely answered we didn't need five nights of picture this to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to come with the same conclusion but uh, yeah for the record uh, I, <laughs> I I've, I've never seen like I've seen one band five times and I think it's the National over the course of like X amount of years uh, I don't know if Nine Inch Nails announced five gigs tomorrow that I'd buy tickets to all five yeah. it's kind of insane what I did no it is but I'm glad I did it. Good job, Bob. This episode of No Encore was engineered by our sonic architect, Eve Murray. In the other listening corner, I have been listening to Dear Science by TV on the radio for no reason at all other than it's a 10 out of 10 album. If you've never heard it, just go to Spotify right now and throw it on, and I promise you, you'll listen to it from start to finish. I've been listening to Nilfer Yanya's um, Miss Universe album. Uh, sounds really good walking around Seville, so do that. Uh, but no, she's a London... Do you have to be in Seville? No, you don't. She's a London <laughs> songwriter who does really kind of good, articulate power pop, full of hooks, and it's instantly kind of, if you get into it, it's brilliant. Cool. Uh, I got recommended an album from 2018, um, which was Black Noise 2084 from DJ Caleb. It's like a really amazing electronic album. Uh, album completely like some of the best African style beats that I've ever heard it's a really active listen it's like really really difficult to listen to you have to sit down and actually listen to it but from a production standpoint it's one of the best I've heard in ages I just listened to the music we had in this podcast like, you've no <laughs> idea enough, yeah. And, and, yeah, and it was still more music than I listened to any other week this year seriously uh, a couple of things I guess before we go I've also been listening to an album that arrived unsolicited in my email inbox this oh. week Ooh, Father yeah. of the Bride by Vampire oh, yeah. Weekend a whole yeah. month out we will be talking about that in a few weeks time really are we going to cover it I think we will <laughs> probably yeah we'll see uh, I also want to say uh, congratulations and a big shout out and hopefully a forthcoming interviewee on the podcast to our good friend Kabina who mm. has announced finally after a long wait his debut EP super exciting it's coming up I believe you're involved uh, I did a remix for him yeah yeah absolutely yeah 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 Typical uh, Irish main friends looking after friends. We did a oh, remix we, we never, trade. What the fuck? We no, never talked backhander. about it. We never talked about the fucking Irish music Twitter, uh, Irish music oh, pull yeah. controversy this week, which I was kind of embroiled in. Which one? Remember, there was like a yet another article yeah. about the Fontaine. Just keep oh, arguing okay. next week and we oh. can cover it next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll find you that timestamp from the episode where it was just me and Dahi and I was just like, some PR person is doing a great job on this. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't, I don't even know if, if it's that big of a drama, but ultimately... Needless to say, Dave had the last laugh. I did, I always do. Uh, I guess we can't let you go without asking, how are wedding preparations going? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, yeah, we're getting shit together. <laughs> got, uh, I've, got, I've got my suit... Uh, the rings that was a fucking expensive Witch Saturday I'll tell you yeah what else yeah, we've got the photographer booked and we've got the menu Ooh. picked out and yeah the who's cake cake man I feel like there was uh, who's doing the music like what's I have no idea some Logan Bergen right <laughs> not, flying not, not you Dave is the answer <laughs> what is your fucking not problem <laughs> <laughs> oh also uh, painting update Dave you're ben, going to be free I to was, enjoy I your night fa- I was in fact bounced out of the painting oh no way yeah, yeah it was, it was great never I, brought over I, I had Spotify in my hand I was playing music myself I didn't need any fucking Dave we'll be back next thing. week Cullum will not be back next <laughs> week oh, but thank yeah. you for having thanks me thanks for coming back some other time yeah thanks for coming thanks for coming back we miss you Close out this week for Egg's music, a new act called Damsel. The track is called Head Hums, and I don't know much more about it because it's been that kind of week, guys. Can you <laughs> tell I've been distracted? All I know is I liked it, and thus it's on the show. Good My name is David William Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. This is Damsel and Head Hums. Go read my fucking piece on joe.ie. <laughs> <laughs>
podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. At Total Wine and More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and More. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.